Hello and welcome to Beyond Radio Podcasts. This is an episode in our series The Veteran's Story, produced in conjunction with Morecambe Football Club Community Sports and the First Light Trust. In this series, local veterans recount their experiences of serving in the armed forces and life since leaving. The views expressed here are of the individual contributor. This is The Veteran's Story. My name's Tony Mayer, I'm born and bred Sangronan, Morecambe, born here in 1959, um, been around the world with my dad and myself and I joined the army as well and came back here to live in 1993 and I've been here ever since. And I was a musician in uh, the Queen's Own Highlanders Regiment, I did 18 years, yeah. I never really wanted to join up, I never even had an inkling to join the services, even though my father was in the services, and I, but I was a bit of a musician, if you could call it a musician. I, always, I tried my hand at loads of instruments, but I never learnt them properly. And uh, eventually, um, when I was about 15 or 16 and I'd finished my GCSEs, or what do they call them back then, O-levels, and I thought, yeah, I think I will join the army, but I'll go in as a musician. So when I was living in Osnabrück in Germany with my father when he was still in the army when I was about 14 or 15, uh, my sister married a Scottish soldier from the regiment that I eventually joined. So... When I went to the careers office, I said, I want to join the Queen's Own Highlanders as a musician. So I, they sent me a warrant and went all the way to Aberdeen to have a audition. They realised that I could play an instrument, so six months later, that was it. And 18 years later, I've been everywhere with the Queen's Own Highlanders band, and I think it was fantastic. At the time, when I joined up, my father and my mother were stationed in Cyprus. So I was living in Rosebury Avenue with uh, my cousin in a terraced house on Rosebury Avenue and I used to work as a, a chef runner at a place called Gordon Cafe on Euston Road when it was actually a road before it became a shopping precinct. Yeah, that was it. I used to get 15 quid a week cash in hand. They call us Pads Brats in the army because we're, we're, we're army children to, to um, army servicemen and what have you. So that's why you might not recognise my accent. I don't really have an accent anymore. Um, because uh, we mix with so many other children at so many different schools, we sort of very rarely retain the accent from where we originally come from. But, um, yeah, it was nothing, get up in sticks and going away to join up at 16, it was nothing to me, it was just like, here we go, another little adventure. You know, it was great. Bandsmen, military musicians, we do loads and loads of ceremonial stuff. Like, for instance, you always see things on the TV with the guards doing... Uh, their duties and what have you for the Queen and the parades and changing of the guard and all that sort of stuff and it was the same with us in the Scottish regiment there used to be seven Scottish regiments and we'd do things like the state sorry not the state opening but the, the opening of like the Scottish Parliament things like that or we'd go to Hollywood Palace and uh, beat the retreat which is like with the pipes and drums and military band doing a marching display for the public to come and see we'd do concerts all over the country and in well-known venues winter gardens all down the south coast stuff like that we're extremely in the public eye most of the time yeah and then obviously during the day our nine till five job is just playing music and rehearsing with a few army bits thrown here and there most memorable moment was um commonwealth games uh, when we were resident band at the commonwealth games with the black watch band uh, 1986 in edinburgh yeah the strange thing about it was before i joined up i was at boarding school because there was no school for me to go to in germany and uh, later on, like obviously when I left in, when I joined up in 1976, 10 years later I did the Commonwealth Games and I recognised this f- 
civilian bloke that was in charge of everything and he was there on a rostrum with a microphone going, you go here, you go there. And it was my old headmaster from boarding school. Now, his last report to me is like, um, Tony has got no knowledge of basic concepts and all his efforts are merely superficial. And that sticks in my mind forever when I read that on my last school report. And then I thought to myself, I'm going to go up and say hello to him because this guy who has no basic concepts and all his efforts are merely superficial, he's now a Lance Corporal in an army band and plays a saxophone, you know. But yeah, I'm playing at the Commonwealth Games, so obviously I went over and said, how are you doing there? And it was really quite, uh, quite poignant for me. <laughs> my first major posting... Um, was out to Hong Kong when I was only 20 years old and uh, I met a, a lady there um, she was a nanny uh, from from Bridgewater in Somerset who came over to work in Hong Kong for the family and we met each other there from actually playing um, music at different venues and everything dance band and that sort of stuff and she was a, a one of the guests there with the, with the family that she worked for and we met each other and we got married in Hong Kong and uh, I have a daughter who's uh, 41 now and three grandchildren. Um, from Hong Kong we, we came back to the UK to a place called Tidworth which was a bit of a letdown after being in Hong Kong for two years. Um, we didn't really go abroad again until Germany but then there was lots of training aspects in between like I went to Belize um, in Central America, did about two months over there whereas the soldiers from the regiment do six months the military band normally just goes over to do a bit of light entertainment for the troops and mm. and go out to the general public and yeah. entertain the general public uh, did um, eight weeks in Kenya and got to climb up Mount Kenya not to the summit but that was an experience camping out at 14,000 feet and then getting acclimatised and then moving on to 16,800 feet which where it was really really difficult to breathe and what I had I had pretty big problems with that um went to Mexico as well from uh, Central America toured the whole of Europe extensively going down to Italy to Monte Cassino to celebrate the well not celebrate the memorial service for the storming of Monte Cassino mm. uh, in the Second World War um, every single venue along the beaches in Normandy the, the Menheim Gate and all that sort of stuff we just never stopped you know all the weekends were taken up for us in the military band because everybody else wanted a function for a a band to play at at, Christ, at Christmas or in summer, you know, so we'd normally always get our block leave when there was nothing happening. Done two garden parties at Buckingham Palace and Hollywood Palace again as well, and Balmoral. The, the secondary role of army musicians is a combat med tech. So um, before the Gulf War started in 1990, um, there was thousands of musicians posted out to uh, Saudi Arabia to the port of Al Jabail. Hmm where we did exten extensive medical training ready for if the worst scenario was to befall us. So uh, we were out in the desert for nearly six months continuously until eventually the war started in uh, January through to February. And uh, yes, in all that time that we were out there, we used to load up a, a three-ton truck with all our electrical equipment and a generator and the instruments and we'd go off out into the desert and sit on the back of a truck entertaining the American troops and our own troops and the French troops and everything else. It was really quite amazing, you know, just the sort of things you used to see in old war films, you know, Bing Crosby and the gang going out and entertaining the troops in Europe. And I never expected in my life to be going around the desert entertaining our troops, you know, during a time of war. It was a really quite a, a unique experience. I thought when we got um, deployed that it would all be sorted out through negotiation, but in the end... It wasn't sorted out through negotiation and we had to go in. And at that time, yeah, I was very frightened. I didn't know what was going to happen. 
um, it wasn't an experience I wanted to, to go through again I can tell you that it just well I don't think any any soldier doesn't want to go through any experience like that again what they've, what they've been through you know I was lucky I came through it unscathed but a lot of unfortunate people didn't your, your major role actually is um, it's a substandard rank and you're an infantryman and that's it you know um, we did go into the field where you wear a red cross and you carry a little medical kit and stuff like that and we're supposed to abide by the Geneva Convention where we carry a green card and uh, we're not supposed to be fired on and we're only supposed to fire back if we're fired upon ourselves but yes I mean at any given time the red cross has to come off your arm and you have to be a soldier just like everybody else I finished I came out in uh, October 1993 uh, Margaret Thatcher had just um, announced phased redundancies in the military they were doing huge cutbacks and I was in the bracket of where I was going to get discharged with no pension or anything until I was 55 so I had a look at the package that was uh, offered and I thought well that's good if I get that that'll be good that'll set me up and I won't have to worry for a while to get a job and everything so I took the phase redundancy and I actually got the, the package and uh, was discharged within six months back to Morecambe to the town where I was born it was like being on leave forever that's, yeah. what, that's what it's like I mean veterans it's really strange I mean you, I never feel like I've ever left I'm just waiting to go back to work tomorrow it's really weird it's very strange you know because it's it's with us forever and it really annoys civilians you know so I started off uh, office cleaning uh, got a job in a cafeteria down at um, British Gas working in there for a while then I ended up working in a engineers um, merchants called used to be called Cumbria Fasteners and then I flitted from there to another engineers merchants in Kendall which then bought out Cumbria Fasteners, and I ended up moving back to Morecambe uh, to work at, which was now known as Thomas Graham. So I carried on working there uh, until about seven or eight years ago, and I had to retire through um, ill health at the end of the day. I was with Morecambe Brass Band for quite a while, and I played tenor horn in Morecambe Brass Band, which I, I achieved um, uh, the position of solo horn with the band, but... Um, I didn't um, retain that position for very long because obviously there are a lot better players than me but I was the only reasonable player at the time which uh, was quite a proud proud moment considering I was, had to learn another instrument apart from saxophone and then I became the solo horn player and I miss it very much and I miss the camaraderie of the the, band, the brass band and everything but at the end of the day I couldn't play anymore when we were doing concerts I was coughing and spluttering so I ended up having to give that up as well. Veterans in uh, today's climate are sort of more recognised than what they were going back to the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s and I think that's because like with modern conflicts there's a lots of parents who are in their 40s and 50s who've now got children or should I say adults that are serving now and you know they've been to Afghanistan, Iran, Iraq, the, the Balkans, all that sort of stuff. They're more in touch now with the the conflict side of the army than we were in sort of a long period of peacetime. So um, we are sort of more recognised now than, than we ever were, which is a good thing because a lot of us felt sort of abandoned and once you'd finished in the army it was like, uh, here you go, there's a few pennies to keep you going and, and there was sort of nothing to fall back on apart from the British Legion but now there's loads of veterans associations where you can come for a chat and just relate to people that you lived with most of your life. It's great. Okay. Thank you for listening to the veteran story. 
You can subscribe to the podcasts and visit the Beyond Radio podcast page at www.beyondradio.co.uk forward slash podcasts to hear further veteran stories as they are released. For information on how the First Light Trust is helping local veterans, visit www.firstlighttrust.co.uk Beyond